Welcome to the Proceedings Podcast. I'm Ward Carroll, the Naval Institute's Director of Outreach. Joining me is my usual co-host, retired Navy Captain Intelligence Officer, Bill Hamlet, the Editor-in-Chief of Proceedings Magazine. Hi, Bill. Hey, Ward. How are you? I'm doing great. So fall has started here, and I know this because uh, Navy football has started. Um, So I don't know if you saw the game on Saturday. Um, I'll remind the audience that I am on the chain gang. My Naval Academy class does the chain gang. So I hold the down box on the home sideline. And it was quite a a point of view to watch this amazing game in the driving rain on Saturday. Yeah, despite the weather. Despite the weather, the Navy, um, you know, who were the significant underdogs against Memphis, uh, pulled it out uh, in the last uh, minutes there. It was an incredible game, just really cool. So here's hoping that uh, the Navy season is off to a great start and uh, that we actually beat Army this year. Yeah, how, how soggy are your shoes still? Still, they're yeah. in the garage, just still drying out. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a one a amazing, amazing game. So, you know, fall is here, right? We're post-Labor Day. Back to school. I can't believe how fast the summer went. Yep. We're, we're um, coming up on the one-year anniversary of the Proceedings Podcast. Yes. So we started at the end fantastic. of September in 2017. Uh, the audience fast. has grown, so thank you to our audience. And uh, please tell your friends and you know, pass the word that uh, uh, we're, we're bringing proceedings to people and bringing proceedings authors to, to, our, um, to an audience that uh, you know, maybe doesn't have time to read an article from month to month or has more time in the car. And so a podcast works better for them than the, than yeah, that's the, than the magazine. It's great for the commute is what I'm hearing. A, a lot amen. of people subscribe. Yeah. And a lot of people's commutes are 45 minutes or so. And uh, yeah, coincidentally, or, or, or longer. And, the show and, and, is 40 and, or some minutes uh, long nominally. Yep. Uh, so let's remind the audience that you can subscribe uh, via iTunes. Yep. Um, search or, Naval Institute, and you can subscribe. Do not search proceedings because that the results yep. will be wrong. Look for Naval Institute on in iTunes under podcasts. Uh, it'll show you. It, you'll come. You'll find Naval Institute, and then under that is the proceedings podcast, and you can subscribe to it, download it. It's also on uh, SoundCloud. Yep. And you can also get to it on the proceedings page of the Naval Institute's homepage. So under proceedings, go to the monthly, you know, this issue of uh, the latest issue of proceedings and the podcast uh, is always one of the top four or five articles at the top of the page there. And uh, so you can find the podcast, click on the link. It'll take you to SoundCloud, which is where we um, upload the, the, the podcast. But uh, but pass the word. So we're sort of uh, preaching to the choir here because anybody that's listening has found it in one of those ways. But pass yeah. the word to your colleagues, classmates, shipmates, um, fellow Marines, etc., uh, that this thing's kind of cool and that uh, you know it's a great way to find out what's happening in proceedings and at the Naval Institute uh, in a slightly different format. So we, we talked about a coming attraction in the last hour. Um, let's talk about, for this this audience, uh, who we have as a guest coming up very soon. Yeah, very excited. So uh, many of our listeners know who John Lehman uh, is, was uh, Secretary of the Navy during the Reagan administration. He was a long-serving Secretary of the Navy, uh, essentially through almost the entire Reagan administration. He was also a Navy uh, Reserve A6 bombardier navigator, so he was an aviator, you know, brown shoe wearing, uh, you know, tail hook aviator in the in the Navy or in the Navy Reserves, uh, and a um, a very significant player in the development of the 600 ship Navy and the maritime strategy that the Reagan administration launched just after taking office uh, when President Reagan came in in, in uh, January of uh, 1981. And so the book is called Oceans Ventured, 
Uh, it's, I think, by St. Martin's Press. It's out, uh, just came out a couple months ago, and, and uh, Secretary Lehman's been on a, a book tour. Uh, I heard him at the National Press Club earlier this summer, and I got a copy of the book, and I've been reading it. And uh, was, you know, very pleased to see that he mentions the Naval Institute and mentions proceedings a number of times in a very positive way, uh, specifically cites that after the first uh, running of this major NATO exercise called Ocean Ventures in uh, in the fall of 1981 in the North Atlantic and up into Vestfjord off of Norway and uh, really made the, the Soviets uh, very nervous. Uh, and then in the in the months after that, Secretary Lehman points out that um, there were a lot of critical artic- uh, articles that appeared in proceedings that just talked about the strategy, the tactics, uh, the operations themselves, and how they could be done better, right? And Lehman's, um, he praises that Navy culture of critique that uh, proceedings personifies, you know, that, that that's where it, it exists. And he says, you know, other, other military services don't have that, don't have that culture, and they particularly don't have a professional journal that exists for that purpose, right? So he, he um, gives a lot of credit to the conversation that happened in proceedings in the open forum that helped to hone that strategy and hone the tactics and the operations that led to successive uh, iterations of uh, Ocean Venture and Ocean Safari and Northern Wedding and all these big NATO exercises that happened uh, up north of the GI-UK gap um, that made the Soviets realize that, that they just could not win this thing called WW Cold War. So we're going to have Secretary Lehman on the podcast on October 9th. We're very excited about that. should be a great conversation. Yeah, and anybody who knows him knows he's very plain spoken. So like you said, we're very much looking forward to a great conversation. Um, I, I'm very curious to hear his take on uh, on current events. You know, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, so, so tune in for that. Once again, the date was what? October 9th. October 9th. So look for it here on Proceedings, or I'm sorry, Facebook Live, and also the other uh, avenues that uh, we've already mentioned. All right, let's get right to our guest, Bill. Okay, so our guest today is uh, Captain Peter, call sign Ugg Ryan, U.S. Navy retired. Uh, in the September issue of uh, Proceedings, he's written an article called Technology, the New Addiction. And I'll just read what we call the deck of the article before... Um, uh, Pete gets started here. The first cell phone hit the market in 1973, and 40 years later, more than half the U.S. population was carrying a cell phone. Today, that number is closer to 95%, with 77% of Americans owning a smartphone. But does this technology work as intended to enable us to communicate better, or is the increase in personal technology usage a sign of mass addiction? So, Pete Ryan, welcome to the Proceedings Podcast. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the introduction. Uh, so, Pete, you tell us why you wrote this article. How did how did this problem of personal technology use, uh, you know, get on your radar? You're an E2 guy. Uh, how does it how did it get on your radar scope as a significant issue? And uh, you know, what was the the burr in the saddle that uh, that caused you to write the proceedings article? Well, I think as a parent. Um, I make observations of my children, as well as fam- family members at large, uh, friends, co-workers, uh, neighbors, and the like. And just actually just life experience really began to call to my attention the need to look into this a little bit further. 
um, some of the behaviors and things that we've seen and the observations I was making was suggesting that, hey, maybe this technology is a problem. Uh, I then read an interesting article that really stood out in my mind called, Are Smartphones Destroying a Generation? And after I read that, I, I saw the statistics that seemed rather unusual. And they all seemed to co correspond to the time period around 2008, 2009, with the growth of personal technology, the Xbox, the iPhone, uh, Facebook, social media, etc. All these things were really coming into their own at that time. And many of these statistics seemed to correlate to some of the interesting observations I was making with you know, some of the people I mentioned already. And as I started to dig into it uh, further and further, I thought about just the Navy, the fact that we have got, we've got a lot of young sailors, that their brains are developing. Many of them, the brain is develops until about age 25 or 26, according to the book, The Teenage Brain. So I was sitting here thinking some of, the, some of these uh, young sailors are getting into technology extremely heavily, and I started talking to people as well, subject matter experts in the field. And I just started putting dots together that I don't know if they belong together, but they seem to... Many of these trends that I, I noted in the article seem to all move together from that time period. And as I began to build this picture of these dots all moving, I realized there's actually some very significant ramifications from what I think I see. Yeah, you, you mentioned the book, The Teenage Brain, Dr. Francis Jensen, and, and you have a quote here on page 54 in the September proceedings. You said, or he said, uh, technology is another opportunity for novelty seeking, and because the brain of a teenager is so easy to stimulate, all it takes is the latest digital toy to tease it into distraction. The cascade of neuroprocesses that kicks off the brain's reward circuitry and the rush of the pleasure chemical dopamine can be triggered just as easily by the release of the latest iPhone as by alcohol, sex, or a fast car. In some ways, technology is a drug. So that's a very powerful statement, and you, you've got some, I, I agree with you, you, you know, you start to pull back the onion here, and you can find all these trends that started to happen around, you know, 2008, 2009. So talk about some of those other things that you found, some, you know, correlation perhaps with suicide rates and depression and, uh, you know, attention deficit disorder, those kinds of things. Well, I, I did sit here and uh, one of the things I pulled independently, I went to the CDC and I pulled suicide data because just in the course of day-to-day -day listening to the news and other things, I was thinking, well, if all this other dis dysfunction is perhaps related to personal technology utilization, what is the suicide rate doing? And then I was able to go ahead and pull data, raw data, from uh, the CDC database, and then I broke it into age brackets, which they have available to you, uh, sorting it by age. And I, I was able to chart out the fact that for the, the ages that are most connected, which I seem to be between 15 and 34, although technology is increasing globally across the board, but clearly those age brackets are using the heaviest at this point in time, there was a clear trend upward in the suicide rate of 30% since 2008, which I, I find rather alarming. And the fact that I've not read that anyplace else, that it perhaps is correlated to 
the introduction of all of this technology at around that time period. Uh, I also read reports about increasing depression. The data for that Blue Cross and Blue Shield report doesn't go back that far. It doesn't go back as far as 2008, but it clearly is going up. And then the fertility rate uh, started to decline in this country right at 2008. Um, and it's gone, it's gone, the uh, fertility rate has gone down every year, 2017 being worse than 2016, since 2008. So all these, all these markers where we do have data seem to trend up, or, or the, there's a trend that changes at about that time period. And I think the question has to be asked, is our total utilization of technology, not necessarily any one device, but all of them in total, are they having an impact on us that in, in many of these cases is, is, is extremely uh, negative? So that 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 thesis, let's let's focus on the uh, Navy Marine Corps specifics that you bring out. And you ask a question that uh, that is uh, provocative, which is uh, within the Corps, there's been an 80 percent increase in aviation mishaps since 2012. And then um, and this is I'm especially keen to this because I was just at the basic division officer course talking to the current class and I very much framed um their their careers around the McCain and Fitzgerald mishaps. So you also, um, could personal technology by military members be a contributory factor in some of these tragic events? So let's talk about that a second. What, what, what do you think? Well, I, I think just from the reading and talking to subject matter experts, and if it is an addiction, your, your dysfunction doesn't necessarily turn overnight it might be something that comes on gradually. So if you have a lot of sailors that are perhaps lonely and they go to bed in the racks and instead of playing cards in the bunk room, they're using devices um, and disrupting their sleep cycle, there could be some potential incre incremental decay in their performance on a day-to-day -day basis. And I don't necessarily know that a chief or division officer might see that immediately. And this is all a hypothesis. But it does seem rather unusual that we've had what I would call unusual uh, accidents uh, relative to the norm, uh, you know, steaming ships at sea, and particularly two very significant uh, incidents in only one year uh, regarding those two vessels. And then when you compare that as well to the Marine Corps data, which is goes back further and includes multiple incidents, if you run an R-squared between that and, say, the growth in personal technology uh, for those time periods uh, listed in the, in the uh, article, you'll find it's a fairly high R-squared of better than 0.9. Uh, and that was, I was using Pew Research data. I just ran that independently. So all these trends seem to correlate quite heavily. And the McCain and the Fitzgerald obviously are independent events, and there's no correlation possible. But you begin to look at these trends, and you, you, it just makes me ask the question, could it be PTU is uh, at least a part or a contributory part of what we've seen in terms of mishaps? Well, PTU being personal technology usage, uh, and, and, you know, you just mentioned you have a hypothesis here, but some of this is not hypothesis. Like, for example, you, um, you quote from uh, an article that was published in Experience Life 
uh, on the top of page 55, hyperstimulation is just one effect of smartphones that harms our sleep quality. And we know that from um, the, the Navy's comprehensive review and the strategic readiness review, there's been discussion about sleep and about the lack of sleep and, you know, chronic uh, sleep deprivation and the impact it's having on sailors. And we've had a number of proceedings articles, several really good ones written by John Cordell, Captain U.S. Navy retired, who was a surface warfare officer, commanded a couple of ships, um, you know, talking about how the Navy needs to go towards a, a circadian rhythm and how sleep uh, quality and sleep quantity is really important for, um, uh, you know, for performance, particularly in high-stress jobs. And, and uh, in your article, you bring up the point that uh, the blue light that, you know, comes from a smartphone screen or an iPad, uh, you know, a, a pad device or even a computer, that the blue light disrupts circadian rhythms, which tricks our bodies into thinking it's still daytime, which can lead to sleep disturbances. So some of this, you know, you're, you're drawing inferences from, from some uh, trends, but some of it is not inferences or, or hypotheses, correct? That, that is correct. So uh, as, a, as a retired Navy guy and as a parent of teenagers, uh, and, you know, what, what kinds of, of uh, conclusions did you draw as you, you know, sort of did, did your thinking about this? Like what, what should perhaps the Navy do about it? Well, in terms of, I mean, I think, for one, we need to understand exactly what we're dealing with. I think that's critical, particularly given the uh, potential consequences if if mishaps are in some way tied to PTU, uh, given given the, the severity of the Im- potential impact, I think we need to dig into this and try to understand exactly what we're dealing with. Um, I, I think, too, and beyond that, they may take some time, but I, I think we do know right now that these devices do have an impact on us. And I think at a bare minimum, we should probably set up uh, some structure within Navy that goes ahead and talks about this to sailors, about the impact on sleep, that you're going to sacrifice the quality of your sleep, and perhaps have some uh, rules of the road for how to manage it. Uh, while we don't have the clear data necessarily yet uh, regarding technology addiction or utilization, I think we do have some common sense that we could apply to this right now today and begin to, begin to train sailors on it. We certainly do a lot of training on alcohol use and other kinds of things and how we, we need to, uh, you know, if we're going to go ahead and consume alcohol, we have to do it responsibly. I think the same thing should be thought about in terms of the personal technology. You've got it. We we know it disrupts sleep. Lack of sleep impacts performance. So if you want to perform at the top of your game, you better take care of yourself. And that's just the starting point. And then, and then we clearly need to move forward from there and, and understand the second and third order effects with much more detail. Uh, and I would say quickly, too, because if for some reason this, uh, the PTU is a driving factor, every year we're putting more people at risk potentially. Yeah, I mean, that's a great, that obviously is the main thesis of, of your article, but it, it's a great point because it just seems like leadership um, kind of treats PTUs as something, you know, we need to meet the sailors where they are, um, and, and we don't think of it as 
a potentially hazardous um, situation. You know, it's more like this is what people are doing these days. Um, so if you want to get your message across, it needs to be digital. We need to wire the ships. We need to put game gaming devices in every 96-man fleet-wide um, and, and sort of anything that equals entertainment or relaxation has got to be a digital device. And nowhere in there do we go, you know, this is different than your example, which is playing backgammon or cards in a common area. Um, you know, as you said, this isolates. And, and the picture we use in your article is a sailor in his rack looking at his phone playing uh, or he's watching a football game on his phone. Um, so there are some significant differences between the good old days and these devices that, as Bill said, have blue lights um, and are addictive, right? I mean, backgammons can be addictive, but not like physically, like no lie addictive as part of that product. The other thing I'd like to point out is, you know, we always want to frame this as, as something that the kids are using. Everybody I know is, uh, is you know, up a device. You know, you go to a restaurant, everybody's looking at their phones, right? Families sit down and immediately start, yeah, there's no conversation going on. Everybody's looking at their phones. You go to the movies, people are looking at their phones. In traffic, and this is what seriously scares me in terms of safety, at a stoplight, I guarantee you, everybody around you is looking at their phone. And oh, it causes right. one or two light cycles for people to, you know, realize the traffic's moving and somebody taps the horn and so forth and so on, not to mention causes accidents. So this isn't only a youth thing, right? No, it's a, it's a, yeah. No, Some could say right. it's, yeah, it's a, it's a national uh, crisis. Yeah, I mean, I see it on the yeah. Beltway. I, I drive 52 miles to get to work every day here in Annapolis. Uh, well worth it, except uh, the fact that probably two or three times a day I see people at doing 65 miles an hour on the Beltway uh, while they're looking at their phones and they're weaving like a drunk driver, and it's it's just insanity. Hey, man, there could have been an update on Facebook that hey, I want to miss. Really important, yeah. really important yeah, stuff yeah, coming through yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, You're absolutely right. And going back to Navy and what we should do, I guess the one concern that I do have is that this really looks like Mount Everest when you look at it because it's so ubiquitous and sitting here beginning to take one you know a bite of the elephant you know one bite at a time that's going to be a big job because it is so ubiquitous it's all around us and um, it, it almost seems like an overwhelming task to sit here and take this on but the data is the data and it really suggests the need to look into it well, yeah, on page 54 you list um, a whole bunch of uh, not a whole bunch handful of bulletized specifics page 56 oh, yeah. Re page recommendations 56. Yeah. yeah that's what i was just going to get to uh, the first two i you know i think are particularly salient you know you you meant the first one is study that the navy or dod should study mishaps of all categories including suicides and suicide attempts to understand the correlation with the growth in personal technology use and then the second one is assess levels of personal technology use for any mem military member in the failure or event chain of safety-related incidents. So if there's a ship collision, if there's an aircraft crash, if there's a, you know, some sort of a safety mishap, a Class A, et cetera, um, that part of that safety investigation should be looking at um, you know, the, the personal technology use of the people that were involved in the, in the mishap. You know, how, were they up late the night before? Were they looking at their smartphone and were, you know, on Facebook or Snapchat till three o'clock in the morning and therefore their sleep was disrupted. And yeah, you know, we, the aviators used to do the 12 hour bottle to brief limitation. 
you know, perhaps uh, at some point the Navy will find a correlation and get to the point where it's, you know, hey, from the time that you are last using your, your iPhone or your iPad uh, to the time you step on the bridge to have watch or in the engine room to, you know, have watch or to, you know, fly an F-18 off the pointy end, there's got to be a certain number of hours, you know, that, that, that this is bad for uh, your brain functioning you know when we want it to be functioning at its very highest and you're 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 limiting yourself almost to the extent that you're like you know uh drinking an alcoholic beverage uh, that's exactly correct, and I think those two, first two recommendations are entirely doable in, in terms of executability some of them uh, i put forth our reach goals because perhaps the technology or the research to get there uh, such as i suggested developing a test for reaction time, visual acuity, or thinking decay associated with technology consumption, such uh, similar to the way we think about a breathalyzer. I don't know that that exists today, but I certainly didn't want to think only in the box. I wanted to sit here and think about, well, what does the future look like, and do we have that capability? People who have been on technology excessively, they are beginning to understand changes in the brain if you've been using it for many hours a day for months on end. So uh, the future may be that we can actually detect this. I just don't know that we can do it today. Well, it's sort of like the rough analogy is the skipper of a, of a ship or a unit would be the parent and the sailors are the kids. So just like a parent has to curb PTU, you know, for certain windows, you know, you have that commercial where you can turn off the Wi-Fi um, and, and make, make people pay attention and not be wired. Um, maybe there's like a, a lockbox on your way into 96 man birthing. So when you're off watch and you're, you're, it's no time, I mean, no light time to sleep, they need to put their device in, in a lockbox or something like that. Like it, like it was a skiff or something and you can't have a device in that space. Again, you got to watch. There's a fine line between, uh, you know, hurting morale, um, and, and not treating them like adults, you know, what they do with their free time. Um, but, Again, what you've proved in this article and what we're talking about here is there's there's something addictive about PTU that has to be addressed by leadership because it does, you know, uh, at least in theory, hurt readiness and safety. Uh, I, I think that's actually true. And, I mean, many of the people that develop these apps, devices, and the like, they they worked at Stanford's Persuasive Technology Lab, and they actually – they went down, and I've seen videos about it. They said they've gone down into the brainstem to understand how it works. So I think we are clearly going to find out that, that what we're using today in terms of technology, it does have addictive aspects to it, and we need to we need to think about that as we move forward. Yeah, that's a really good point, and you also point bring out the fact that you know the the recommendations that you that you've put in your article, study and assess and then determine, identify factor, et cetera, that companies, um, you know, the, the big information technology companies, the big social media companies are, are probably going to react negatively to any government study uh, on the, the, you know, the negative aspects of their product, right? And so that the, you know, the Navy or the, or DOD should be prepared for that, you know, that if, uh, 
if the Department of Defense says, hey, you know, we're starting to see some correlation between this, you know, rapid growth in personal technology use and some of the uh, trends that we don't like to see, like the growth of mishaps or suicide rate, you know, and that I, when I saw your article, it reminded me, I mean, suicide rates in the military took off, particularly in the mid 2000s with Iraq and Afghanistan and a really tough time for uh, the Army and the Marine Corps in particular. Um, but those suicide rates didn't come back down as deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan really tapered off. And and that, you know, that you, you bring out the point that, hey, there's probably a correlation or there could be a correlation with the suicide rate uh, in the military and the, the um, you know, uh, stratospheric um, increase in, in the, the number of people that have smartphones who are on them for many hours a day. Absolutely. That's correct. At the end of your article, you say in uh, in April 2010, there was a study that said uh, it was called Too Fat to Fight, which found that 75% of American youth were unfit for military service because of poor health. And since that time, significant new technology pressures have brought to bear on the nation's youth. So talk about that for a second, that, you know, that it's not just obesity now, but perhaps personal technology use is also undermining the health of the future workforce for the, for the military. Uh, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, if 75% of our kids were not eligible for military service back then when that study was done, and then we have this additional technology, which is being used at extremely high rates, 75, 80, 90%. So what what per, what percentage will be left over when you factor in both components both whatever existed before with this new technology on top of it so i'm very concerned i mean you don't see kids out playing like they used to you drive through neighborhoods they're inside a lot more and i can even say that that's happened with my children as well uh, and we work very hard to try to get them outside but uh, i would say that i'm very concerned by many of the statistics here um, and uh, I'm concerned for our future uh, if we don't have people that are healthy enough to serve our country and even if even if they're not serving in the military just more broadly you know having having a healthy healthy population in our country it's concerning well it, it's hard to put a better uh, punctuation mark or exclamation mark on the end of your article than that within what you just said um, so the article is called Technology, the New Addiction by Captain Peter Ryan, U.S. Navy retired. Uh, Pete, thanks for joining us on the Proceedings podcast. Thanks especially for uh, writing this article for Proceedings. I plan to bring it to the attention of the new Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy, the new Mick Pond, a uh, friend of ours and, and uh, who was also recently on the Proceedings podcast and has written for Proceedings, uh, Master Chief Russ Smith. I, I plan to uh, email him a link to your article because I think this is something, you know, that... Uh, the goat locker, the chief's mess in the Navy needs to, you know, be aware of this this problem and concern. And as you point, just just be on the lookout for young sailors uh, who are um, perhaps slinking off to their racks rather than interacting with other people, and uh, you know, spending most of their their free time on their iPhone or on, uh, you know, on uh, social media or on you know video games, and which could detract from their performance in the Navy. So. Uh, thanks for writing this. Thanks for uh, bringing it to our, our readers' attention. And uh, uh, great to have you on the on the podcast today. 
Well, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate you having me, and uh, I look forward to uh, following up on this issue, and uh, hopefully we can get to the bottom of it. Amen to that. Okay, well, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. This was episode 44 of the Proceedings Podcast, and remember, victory begins at the U.S. Naval Institute. We'll see you next time. <laughs>